Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Roar Lions Roar. I am your host tonight, Matt Filipovitz, and a bit of a different route tonight. We are not talking Penn State, Indiana football, although that is coming later in the week. We are here to discuss Penn State basketball. The season is less than a week away from time of recording, and I am joined by a new voice for a lot of you. You probably know him from his writing back when we were a written medium. Uh, this time last year, uh, Vincent Langaro. Vince, hello. How are you? Hello, Matt. I, I am doing wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm pumped to talk Penn State basketball. Year two of Micah Shrewsbury is sure to have a lot of interest. It's been a long time since Penn State had a tournament run. Uh, they would have obviously gone there in 2020, but with uh, with a new cast of characters here now for Penn State basketball, it, the expectations are, I want to say, not high, but slowly slowly rising we'll call it Vince would you agree yeah I think that's I think that's pretty accurate I don't think this season I don't think anybody really expects the NCAA tournament to be to be a realistic possibility just given you know the strength of the top half of the Big Ten and kind of where Penn State was last season but I also think as you mentioned there's a lot to be excited about with this program and kind of the trajectory it's on right now with Micah Shrewsbury I think I think it's definitely the arrow is definitely pointing up um, as has been the case a few times with Penn State basketball, and they haven't quite, quite gotten to the, to the heights. But um, you know, this year it, it should be at the very least exciting. And that's always what we love to see. So, like I said, there's a lot of of new guys coming in, but we're going to start off by talking about who's back for Penn State. And before we do that, we'll talk about who's gone and a couple of transfers who were one year guys from Micah Shur- Shrewsbury are gone. Guys like Greg Lee, um, Jaheim Cornwall, and the biggest losses are probably Sam Sesums who will finish his career at Coppin State, and John Hara, who did everything for Penn State basketball for five years. So, Vince, we'll kind of dive in. I believe there are five returning scholarship players from last year's roster. Uh, it would be Jalen Pickett, Dalian Johnson, Miles Dredd, Seth Lundy, and Caleb Dorsey. Vince, is there anyone there you want to talk about in particular, or you just want to give us a 5,000-foot view of what to expect from those five? I guess the last of the Chambers era? Uh, at this point, we'd be those five players. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of funny how quickly things can change in in not just college basketball, college sports in general, especially with the transfer portal now. I mean, you see guys leaving after one year. Some guys, you know, like Mikey Hen, who we'll get into here in a minute, is on his, uh, I believe, his fifth team in seven years of college basketball. So, it's just kind of interesting how how the game has changed a little bit. But I don't I don't think you can start talking about Penn State basketball in this season without first highlighting Jalen Pickett who I think last year was one of the best guards in the Big Ten, and this year certainly um, with a preseason All-Big Ten honor um, is, is certainly going to be in that conversation this year. He did, he did everything for Penn State, was their leading scorer, their leading assist man um, last year. When they needed a bucket late in the shot clock, he was the guy they went to, and he really bought into the kind of style of play that Michael Shrewsbury wants. That's you know defensive-oriented, slow down the ball, um, and, and kind of grind out wins that way. So it – it's going to be exciting to see how he grows even in year two in the Micah Shrewsbury system, another year familiar with his teammates and, and so on. So I don't think you can start talking about this Penn State basketball season and where they're going to go without without mentioning Jalen Pickett's name for sure. Yeah, the, the weird thing about Pickett is I don't know how much more he can do because the offense was one of the slowest in college basketball last year. I think adjusted for pace, it was definitely in the bottom I want to say 25, and there are 350-odd teams in Division One college basketball. So for Pickett to score like he did, man, he was taking a lot of shots. And 
they're going to need someone else to take the load off. But even so, I mean, having that guy back is going to be huge. And then I probably say player number two in the, in this group is probably Seth Lundy, who kind of had a breakout year defensively and is looking to kind of put it all together now as a, as a senior already. Yeah, it's hard to believe he's a senior. You mentioned, yeah, one of the holdovers from the Pat Chambers era was was a pretty big recruit in his time. I don't know if he's quite lived up to those expectations, but last year I think he was um, one of the better defensive players in the Big Ten, and I think he's going to continue to be leaned on in that regard as kind of the defensive vocal point for this team. But I also think for Penn State to to reach kind of the goals that they've probably set for themselves internally, he's got to be a guy that is scoring with more frequency. He's a bit of a, a streaky scorer, you know, sometimes like, I mean, he's had a 30-point performance against Maryland a couple years ago, and there are some nights where he's basically invisible. So he's really going to be have to be a guy can, that can be that complement to a Jalen Pickett, and especially in a leadership role with with John Hare, obviously, departing, as you mentioned. Yeah, and then speaking of speaking of leadership, there's a fifth-year guy on the roster who's been with Penn State for five years, and that's, and that's Miles Dredd. Um, and all I want for Miles Dredd this year is to stay healthy with his shoulder and to not have to defend bigs that often, uh, which I'm not confident will happen, just how the roster's built. Uh, but, but what are you looking for out of Miles Dredd in year five? Yeah, that's funny. He, it seemed like last, last year he was guarding more 6'8", six, 6'9", six, guys than he was guys around his size, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so, um, yeah, hopefully they don't have to lead into that too much this year. But as you mentioned, just kind of the makeup of the roster, they might not have a choice depending on how things go. Yeah, I think I think with Miles Dredd, I think the, the biggest thing is is it looks like he's a little bit in better shape now. And I think, you know, that shoulder surgery he had in the offseason is really going to help him. Um, do that. Yeah, he, he's in better shape. You know, he's he's someone who has has also hit big time shots for Penn State. But again, consistently um, being a scorer that can kind of take the weight off of of Jalen Pickett. We haven't seen we didn't see that last year. Um, so yeah, looking for him to kind of step up his his role this year on the offensive end for Penn State. And then we'll go with Dalian Johnson, a guy who was kind of thrust into the starting lineup, at least unexpectedly for me. Uh, towards the the latter half of the year last year, and I thought performed pretty well. Uh, he's a guy who you know really was invisible in 2020, uh, but that's the case for a lot of true freshmen. It was a weird year to, to come into the college basketball, but right. he's a guy I'm really curious about. Uh, what what do you think we can expect? A starting lineup, you know, still a possibility for him. Yeah, I think at least early in the season, as they kind of acclimate more guys, I think he's definitely someone who will find himself in the starting lineup. Um, of course, we never know for sure. Shrews is a guy who tinkers with that starting lineup quite a bit, as we saw last year. But, but yeah, you like you said, you know, there's, you know, what are we going to get with Dalian Johnson? He's a guy who, you know, has shown that he can make threes at a pretty consistent rate. He he flashed offensively a couple of different times last year. But again, it's a guy that you're kind of banking on taking another leap this year. Is I believe he's a he's a junior now. Um, so yeah, another guy that, you know, there's not a lot on as in terms of, you know, what's going to be the output this year offensively, but definitely a guy Penn State's going to expect to take another leap here, uh, under a year in Shrewsbury. Yeah, he, he's definitely maybe the most interesting piece of this roster, at least most interesting returning piece to me. I mean, we, we know we're going to get out of picket. I think Lundy's going to settle down a little bit, but I think Johnson's a really interesting a really interesting player for them. And then the last one, a fellow member uh, of Dalian Johnson's 2020 recruiting class is going to be Caleb Dorsey, who uh, maybe the biggest impact he had on the team last year was a tweet I saw from, I think it was the Fox Sports College Basketball account. And it was just something like, when Caleb Dorsey comes in, you know you're getting a bucket. And to that point, he had maybe shot the ball four times all season. <laughs> uh, but he's a guy, I think, uh, he's a big body and they need big bodies. And 
he's a guy I think may they may need to rely a lot on this year. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He's certainly a guy that that I've always said has looked the part of a college basketball player, especially in the Big Ten. You know, he's six eight, six seven, six eight, somewhere in that range. And you know, he's he's built like someone that should be able to to contribute in the Big Ten. It just hasn't quite clicked for him. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that. I, I remember seeing that tweet, and I was like, this is a guy that's averaging, I think, point nine points per game. So <laughs> I'm not really sure where the the Fox College Hoops account was was getting that from. But yeah, I think it's also a guy that again is going to be expected to take that next leap as as he gets more familiar with this system and i think i think again all the tools are there for him to to be a contributor for this team it's just can he take that leap and and i think that's just a question mark for a couple of these guys returning sans jalen pickett who we know is is outstanding yeah it feels like he's the one with maybe the most to gain from a strong early season showing yeah uh, and absolutely. the good news is there's no uh there's no umass and trent buttrick to drop like 60 on your heads in the second game of the season yes. <laughs> really shake everything up uh but penn state on top of the five returning players uh they also brought in a good chunk of transfers and we'll go one by one here again just because i think the rosters did so much turnover and it helps me to kind of just remember who's here now and you know, going numerically, we'll start off with number 10, Andrew Funk, coming in from Bucknell. Uh, Bucknell, a sneaky good college basketball program. Weirdly, Jay Wright went there. Uh, I think Mike Muscala went there. Uh, interesting that, uh, that that random program yeah, yeah, produced some guys. But uh, what are you looking for out of, uh, out of the 6'5 guard Funk this year? Yeah, I think I think the name of the game with Andrew Funk is going to be his three point shooting. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's the seventh, he's made the seventh most freeze in Buck, Bucknell history. Um, so, that's going to be an important piece for this, as Penn State knows. Last year, they lived by the three, and they died by it a lot of times. So I bet he's going to be asked to to kind of fill that role of you know being a guy that's going to come off the bench, give them some three-point shooting, um, some decent defense, and, and just kind of go from there. But yeah, definitely, I think for him, it's going to be his three-point shooting prowess and just kind of being you know a guy who's seen a lot in college basketball. You know, as we as we'll mention with with the other transfers, he's he's been around the block. Obviously, the Patriot League is a little bit different than yeah. than the Big Ten, but he, he's got he's a guy who's he's had a lot of experience. So I think I think his three point shooting will be an important part of kind of where this team wants to go. Yeah, Funk with 193s throughout his college career. Uh, that that's a pretty impressive number. Again, you know, it's it, you're playing against the Patriot League, but you know, you're getting shots up and you're knocking them down. That's something Penn State needs to just to space the floor out a little bit, especially with how small they're going to be. And then they right. also brought in another, you know, kind of similar to Jalen Pickett in that he's a bit of a smaller guard, um, not not as small as Sam Sessoms, but Cameron Winter coming in from Drexel, you know, played at the Phil- in a Philadelphia Five school. He's a guy who I'm really intrigued by just because I think they just need another really solid ball hand where we can take some of the pressure off of Jalen Pickett. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think I think eventually he'll find his way, if not right away on this opening night, he'll find his way into the starting lineup as a backcourt teammate mate with uh with Jalen Pickett. And I think they'll be able to feed off each other really well. Again, he's a guy who can he, he who's proven he can score. You know, he's a two time all, you know, colonial uh first team pick. I believe he was their their tournament most outstanding player a couple of years ago. But he also can assist. I mean, he was he was the team's leading assist man the past couple of seasons. So it'll be really, inter- really interesting to see how they can kind of feed off of one another between him and Jalen Pickett. And I think there's an opportunity there for Penn State to kind of take advantage of both of their skill sets. I think we'll be able to mesh pretty well. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll jump a little bit. We'll go to the big man, Mikey Hen, uh, seventh-year senior. I, I cannot name the last time I've seen a seventh-year college athletic entity um Mikey Han five seasons majority of that on the west coast 
had stops at, uh, I know, I want to say Cal State Sacramento, most recently at the University of Denver. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what my expectations are for a seventh year guy. You know, if you have seven years of college eligibility under your belt, you probably got hurt a good chunk of your career. Uh, can we really expect anything out of a guy like Mikey Hen, or is it just going to be a really, you know, decent depth piece if things get really dire? Yeah, it's a, it's another interesting question. I think, you know, he was kind of a transfer out of the blue. Obviously, they needed a big man with John Hara departing in the offseason and using up all his eligibility. But I mean, you look at Cam Winter and Andrew Funk, they they look they look the part of someone Penn State would probably trans target in the transfer portal, you know, coming from a colonial school and a Patriot League school. Mikey Hen, I mean, when I saw that, I was like, Denver, I didn't, I, I just, I know Denver for lacrosse. I didn't know their basketball team, you know, all that too well. But, you know, I think, I think he's a guy who is going to be able to play a role being kind of that either a stretch five or if they try to add a little size, maybe at the four spot. He's a pretty good three point shooter. I think that's what he's known for. Um, that's what his previous teams kind of asked him to do. So, um, another guy that, you know, it'll take the early season to kind of see what he's about and, and kind of see how he adjusts to the Big Ten level of play. But I think he just gives them something a little bit different than the two big men that they are bringing in as a part of their recruiting class. Yeah, and that's a that's a really great segue into this recruiting class. Uh, one year in, uh, the Micro Shoes very tenure. Of course, he did not sign any freshmen uh, in his first season just by nature of uh, how that coaching search went and with COVID and everything. But five players coming in, it's the highest ranked recruiting class in Penn State basketball history, and it's led by Keba Jai, a big man out of Laporte. I'm sorry, is it Laporte? Laporte? A? Uh, I'm not familiar with my Indiana school, so forgive me. Uh, in Indiana, uh, <laughs> Jameel Brown, a Philly guy. You always love to see Penn State basketball go back to Philly, uh, an area that Pat Chambers worked really hard to build relationships in. You also have Kanye Clary, Evan Mahaffey, and Demetrius Liley, and Let's start. Let's start with the big man up top, Keba Jai. Uh, I did confirm that it is pronounced uh, Jai like I, <laughs> even though it's spelled uh, N J I E. Keba, I want to say, has a lot on his plate for a true freshman big, and we haven't seen that in a long time because it was Mike Watkins for forever, and Hera for forever, mm -hmm. and you know Watkins redshirted, mm -hmm. Hera and Watkins overlapped. There was never that true freshman who had to get thrown to the wolves in the Big Ten. And it feels right. like that's what Keba Jai is heading towards. Yeah, I think I think for Penn State, uh, they need at least him or Liley to be to be pretty solid for them this year. They I mean I don't think they can afford to live in a like, like a five guard lineup, especially in the Big Ten of today's when you have the Trace Jackson Davis and Hunter Dickinson, you know, those kind of guys. Um, Zach Eady. Uh, just going down the list of teams. So, yeah, he's going to have his hands full, especially in Big Ten play. It's going to be a really big test, I think, for him. Obviously, you know, just looking at him and, and Demetrius Liley, too. I mean, they look the part of Big Ten big men. Uh, they look physically like they should be able to be ready. But obviously, the Big Ten schedule is a grind. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think he's going to be expected to play a lot early. Um, and kind of how he develops as the season goes along is going to tell us a lot about where, where Penn State finishes, you know, in the Big Ten standings. Yeah, and, and I'll group Liley in here right away with Keba, just because, you know, I don't really know if Liley's coming in with as sky-high um, expectations or expecting to have as much on his plate. But what kind of – could we see maybe a tr like a platoon of sorts, you know, where both these guys are getting pretty equal reps? I don't think it'll start with that, but – you know, let's say by the time Big Ten play, you know, resumes in early January after that little two game stretch they always do, 
Uh, could Liley be a guy who plays his way into a bigger role as the season goes along? Yeah, I think it's certainly a possibility. I mean, you know, being 6'10", 260, I think, again, he's he's got that physical makeup that you really like from a Big Ten big man. And he's he's no slouch either. He might not as be, you know, highly rated as, uh, as Kevin Jai was coming out of high school. But, I mean, this is a guy who averaged a double-double for three straight years at his high school, um, which I believe, looking at my notes, was Lower Marion in Pennsylvania, which also was the home of Kobe Bryant. And to be big someone who averaged – Big time basketball there. So, I mean, he's he's no guy to overlook. And I think I, th- I think you're right. I don't think this season you can expect just one guy to kind of take that mantelpiece from John Hara. He just did so much from a leadership standpoint, defensive, rebounding, offense, you know. So I think not to, to kind of put it in the aggregate, as they would say, with Moneyball, but I think you're going to see a couple different, you know, uh, rotations and, and kind of platoons there from, from the big man position with Jai and Liley and maybe even, you know, um, you know, someone else, you know, in a smaller lineup. Yeah. And and then we'll go over to the guards. It's Jameel Brown and it's Kanye Clary and Penn State has guard depth. Thankfully, the transfer portal and and bringing in those two guys helped them and they can maybe bring these two guys along. Is it fair to say Jameel Brown, uh, the one time Purdue commit, has a little bit of more expectations coming in? I mean, not even just because he's bigger. I mean, Kanye Clary is only you know, he's listed at under six foot uh, by his 24-7 sports profile. But is it fair to say Jamil Brown probably is uh, going to be the more or less lead dog of this freshman pack? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment when you're talking about the backcourt guys here. I think he he's obviously got the, the the most talent between the three of them. And I think he's got he's, he's shown he can shoot from the outside. He's a decent passer, has a really good basketball IQ. So all those things, you know... I think the question there would be defensively, can he get up to speed enough for, you know, what Michael Shrewsbury wants to do? And if he can do that, I don't think there's any doubt that he can be a guy who plays a lot as a freshman, um, which I think is important for Penn State, not just this season, but moving forward. I I don't think Penn State's going to be a tournament team this season, but when you have a top 30 recruiting class, the expectation there, I would assume within two or three years, you're going to be in the big dance. So getting him playing time, getting Keba Jive playing time, Evan Mahaffey even, Kanye Clary, whenever they can, I think is going to be important for the future of this program for sure. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of Mahaffey, am I wrong to get Josh Reeves vibes? Just a very long defender who can shoot a little bit, but I mean, looking at some of his stuff, it, it reminds me, he's not, I don't believe he's a lefty, but I mean, Reeves was just so tenacious defensively and it looks like that's what Mahaffey maybe could be for this team. Yeah, I think you're actually pretty spot on there with that comparison. Yeah, I, I think the athletic ability might not be where Josh Reeves was, who could, you know, just obviously jump out of the gym. But he's going to be a guy who is going to bring that defensive intensity. And I think uh, going back again to what Mike Shrewsbury loves to see on that end of the floor, he could be a guy who we could see probably earlier maybe than people expect, expect yeah. especially given we don't the Penn State doesn't have a ton of wing depth. I mean, you've got Seth Lundy, Miles Dredd can play there. You brought in Andrew Funk, but that wing position where you're kind of looking for someone to step in there and and play well, you know, he might be a guy who, you know, pops off the chart just because he can bring that defensive solidity that, that Penn state's looking for. So, so of this group, none, I mean, red shirts are not really a thing in college basketball all that often. We have seen it at Penn state. Uh, I just, I I feel like in, in certain examples and, you know, we have seen it at other high level programs. Uh, Mm -hmm. Anybody from this group, you think trending towards that, or you think all five are going to be needed to get Penn state where they want to go? 
You know, if if I had to bank on it, I might say Kanye Clary, just given the depth you mentioned in the backcourt. I think he's a guy, I mean, again, who had an outstanding high school career, kind of unheralded, you know, smaller on the size, again, not as small as Sam Sessoms was. But, you know, I I think it might take him a year to kind of get used to the college game. But but again, it wouldn't shock me to see him more than we expect, um, you know, in certain nights, in certain situations. It just depends. But if I had to pick kind of one guy who would probably be trending toward that that redshirt freshman season, it'd it'd be Kanye Clary, who, of course, is the only Kanye worth worth mentioning nowadays in in today's uh, world. That, that is true. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, red shirts are always inter- interesting to me in college basketball because with how many transfers that happen and, and how, you know, you build a roster is so different now. I think if you have a guy who can give you a, even if it's four good minutes a night, there is a ton of value in that. A lot of team, a lot of Penn state basketball teams would have killed for one more guy to give them four good minutes a yep. night. So I, I, I'm curious to see what kind of role he has. And We'll keep going with Penn State basketball in a bit, but I want to make sure I thank our podcast sponsor, homefieldapparel.com. You're for sure familiar with them by now. Penn State, of course, ended Big News Saturday with how dominant we were in our performance. They dropped a 15-piece collection a little bit over two months ago now, I want to say, and all of their shirts are of phenomenal quality. I own several home field apparel shirts, not just from Penn State, but I have a UC Irvine Zot sweatshirt. Uh, I have a Tulane, uh, who is ranked, so good for Tulane, uh, Tulane uh, Green Wave, um, I don't even know, boogie, skimboarding Pelican, which I really like. Uh, when I go out to the bars to go to watch Penn State football here in Chicago, I've seen multiple people in their home field apparel gear. And for our listeners, you can get 15% off your first order with promo code ROAR, Lions Roar, and that's all up, uppercase. And again, that's homefieldapparel.com for 15% off your first order. Thank you to Homefield for letting us talk about Penn State basketball, something that I'm sure they love. So, Vince, we'll roll over this a little bit. So now that we got a look at this 13 scholarship player roster, there's a lot of storylines surrounding this team that, you know, probably aren't going to get talked. It's Penn State basketball. I mean, if there's multiple podcasts talking about Penn State basketball, I will be <laughs> floored. Um, it's just something that I know, I, I know. Yeah, I'd, I'd be stunned as well. Uh, but there's a lot of little stories that I think people like you and me are going to be really interested in. And I think there's three big ones. And we'll jump in with the first one. Who replaces John Hera? And I think a better way for that question is, how do you replace John Hera? Is it with the Keva and Demetrius Liley kind of mix and match? Is it more, you know, small ball? Is it Caleb Dorsey? You know, what do you think is the most realistic option here? Yeah, I think I think that's probably the biggest question facing Penn State this season, just because John Hara, I mean, it's such a cliche, but he was the heart and soul of this program for, for going on three seasons now. He was just a guy who had been around, obviously should have went to an NCAA tournament, and it's kind of disappointing he wasn't able to you know, uh, get to one in his college career. But I I think it's going to have to be at least one of the two freshmen stepping up and becoming, you know, an an every night kind of guy for them who can, can at least get near a double double or, you know, uh, approach that territory. I I just think given the the skill skeptic of Kevin Jai, I think he's just a guy who I think is going to find himself playing more and more minutes as the season winds down. And, um, but I don't think that doesn't mean they go small sometimes. I mean, the, the dreaded seeing Miles Dread guarding someone in the post, I think is going to be something we're going to see maybe earlier on in the season. But I think if it's one guy who's going to step up into that role, I think it's going to be Keba Jai just because of his his frame and his skill set, I think is is just so unique in terms of 
a big man that Penn State basketball has been able to lure into the program. Yeah, especially not from a traditional recruiting uh, footprint, mm-hmm. like not a Pennsylvanian. I, I know Michael mm-hmm. Shrewsbury has been in Indiana for forever, and you know he's an Indiana guy, so that 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 might be end up being one of the biggest recruiting gets of the Shrewsbury era, uh, hopefully, which lasts for many many years. Uh, and and speaking of Micah Shrewsbury, he was viewed as the offensive coordinator of Purdue basketball is the phrase I kept on hearing. Um, and I think I think you would agree that you heard that a lot, too, when he was first hired. Mm-hmm. But Penn State's Penn State basketball's offense was bad and it was slow in year one. How do they pick up the pace and do they pick up the pace? Because I think Shrewsbury is the kind of guy who, you know, he coached the Celtics who have athletic wings and good shooters and they put up a lot of points i have to imagine what penn state basketball was last year was not what michael shrewsbury wanted to exist as this year yeah i think i think that's a fair take it kind of how he's talked about it i I think it's a playing style by necessity just given the personnel he had uh, in in the holdover from the chambers area and picking picking in up players in the transfer portal i still think probably to your chagrin it's still going to be a little bit slower pace this year um, just kind of given the, the roster makeup and, and kind of the turnover they've had there and some of the younger players. Um, but you're right. They ranked, I believe, 330th in Ken Palm last year in, in adjusted offensive <laughs> tempo, which is, which is with only 350 or so teams in college basketball, that's shocking. Um, so I think on the flip side, though, they did rank first in the Big Ten in scoring defense. So there was, you know, a, a route to, to, to be competitive. And obviously, you know, getting to the Big Ten quarterfinals said – you know, kind of demonstrated that you could win playing that way. I don't think you can win playing that way for an entire season, as as we saw some some dips in in form and whatnot from the team last season. But I think this year you're going to see a little bit quicker of a pace given Cameron Winter coming in. Some of those true freshmen, the athletic ability of Keba Jai, I think is going to be also important in kind of running the floor a little bit better than last year. Whereas John Hara, that's that's really not what his game was. He was more of a back to basket kind of guy and and dominate that way. So um, I I think the short answer is in the short term, I think we're going to see a little bit closer to style of play, hopefully not 333 third in the country, Um, (laughs) but um, you know, hopefully something a little bit better than that. But I think this season, again, I think it's going to be a little bit more replicant of that style of, of, you know, slowing down the pace a little bit, not, not going total Wisconsin basketball, but, but something similar to that. Hey, I'll take that. Wisconsin basketball makes the tournament a lot more often. I, I think right. they, have, and, yeah. and they have any right to, considering just the general like talent and status of what that program mm-hmm. probably should be. So I, I will take that seven days a week and twice on Sundays. Uh, twice on Selection Sunday. There we go. How about that? And then, so before we get into our actual you know, season predictions, what is success for you in year two under Micah Shrewsbury? I think we both said it's not making the tournament. They were hovering around 500 overall last year. If you remember, they had that big break in between uh, where they had to cancel a couple games because of COVID. Mm -hmm. They probably would have gotten to 500 if they played some of those pretty bad teams. So is is it that success would be we're kind of feeling a little bit of hope on Selection Sunday this upcoming March? Yeah, I think I think success is kind of in a couple of different prongs. I think the first one is an improvement on the record. And as kind of you mentioned last year, they're a little bit unfortunate to get a few games canceled toward the end of their non-conference schedule. Would have been two or three more wins for sure for them. And, and they probably would have finished closer to 500 in the Big Ten. But 
I think being in contention for an NIT berth, I think is something that is probably going to be expected from this group, mm-hmm. given you have one of the Big Ten's best guards coming back. You have a top 30 recruiting class. You have players that have been in this program for a while in Miles Dredd and Seth Lundy. So I think at the bare minimum, I think being in the NIT would be a, a really good step forward for this program in year two under Micah Shrewsbury. And then kind of, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's the development of this freshman class, I think is going to be the ultimate, you know, success or failure of this season. You know, if they struggle mightily and they look totally overmatched with the college game and they don't quite gel with the returning guys, I think it, it, it gives a little bit of doubt in your mind if, if this group can be the one that kind of goes on and does, you know, bigger and better things for Penn State basketball. Um, so I think their development, I think by season's end, we want to see them saying, okay, going into their sophomore year, these are the guys because, you know, Jalen Pickett won't be back next year. I don't think Seth Lundy will be back. Uh, Miles Dredd for sure won't be back. You know, have some of those transfers rotating out. So it's really going to be up to these guys that are coming in as freshmen to kind of bridge that gap to next year. So by season's end, I think a, a barometer for success for this team is going to be, hey, are these guys ready to take on? you know, more responsibility and compete in the Big Ten and obviously get Penn State into the NCAA tournament where we've all been longing to see them be. Yeah. And then we'll go, before we do our official record predictions, let's do three superlatives, things that I'm just interested your thoughts on. Let's do, let's start off with team MVP. Who is most important to Penn State basketball success? Uh, It's the easy answer, but it's Jalen Pickett. I mean, I think he's just a guy who's just going to do so much for them. Um, you know, on the offensive end, setting the pace of the offense, you know, running sets, things like that. Um, so I think I think he's probably the, the easy answer there. I think Seth Lundy might be a sneaky pick, just give, given what he gives them on the defensive end. And if we see him take, you know, a, a step in the right direction offensively, kind of what we've been waiting on for him for, for three, four years now, I think he has a, an outside shot of being that kind of that guy who is deemed, you know, the team's most most important player because if he can be that second guy to Jalen Pickett consistently night in and night out and give them, you know, the energy and effort that he does on the defensive end and, and guarding the, the opponent's best player nine times out of 10, I think he's a guy that you can be considering for MVP for sure. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Keba Jai just because I think, I think they need I love a it. true big in the big 10. Like I, I again, I never want to put, this is Penn State basketball. I never want to put a lot of stock into a true freshman, especially a true freshman big who has to play in uh, the Big Ten Conference. But he needs to be playing like a top 50 recruit from the first moment he steps out there on the court. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's crucial. I think just the depth behind him is is so thin that you know he's a guy who has to give them great minutes night in and night out and also cannot get into foul trouble because then then yeah. things are going to get weird. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And kind of where as college basketball kind of goes more toward the NBA route of getting smaller and in spacing, the big 10, it feels like is still predicated on a big man. Who's the focal point of your offense. That might be why the big 10 has struggled come the NCAA tournament recently. But, but yeah, I absolutely agree with you when, when you're going up against guys like Trace Jackson Davis every night, uh, those types of guys. I, I think he's absolutely got to be someone that, that really steps up for Penn state. And if he can do that, I, I don't think it's, it's wrong to say he could be the team's MVP just given uh, the, the importance of that position. And then let's go with, let's go with most important newcomer. This can be either of the five freshmen or any of the transfers. Well, we just talked about Keba Jai a lot, so um, I'll hold off on him. I, I think Cameron winter is going to play a big part in this team. You know, we saw Jalen Pickett really last year, pick up, 
the game, the speed, you know, the intensity of Big Ten basketball right away um, and never look back. Um, so I think if Cameron Winter can can emulate that a little bit and they kind of gel well in, in the backcourt, I think it's going to be really uh, exciting for Penn State fans to see where this team, um, you know, can end up. And I think he's a guy, given his experience again, his scoring prowess, I, I think he's someone that's going to be really exciting to watch for Penn State fans. And I, I know I just said Keba, and that is my answer, but uh, just for <laughs> just for my own airtime, I'm going to go with Andrew Funk, just because I think this is a team that's going to live and die by the three ball. And if you have mm-hmm. a guy who's hit a lot of them at the Division One level and has that kind of confidence and has done it playing against, you know, high major opponents, I mean, you know, Bucknell plays by games too. So I, I think he's a guy that the offense is going to rely heavily on, especially on nights where maybe, you know, Pickett or Lundy are cold. Definitely, and definitely. then to wrap it up, obviously this Penn State basketball non-conference slate is not that impressive. Uh, it, it's kind of been the case for a long time. Who's the one guy who can most benefit from strong play against these low majors, these lower level uh, NCAA basketball teams here coming up in the next little bit? I think uh, Jamil Brown might be an obvious answer, but I think Dalian Johnson and continuing his development. Oh, (laughs) great minds think alike. Um, Yeah, I think just getting him some confidence. We saw it last year in in batches, as you mentioned. He can be a guy who can contribute offensively. He's got a pretty good skill set. Is, is, is pretty good from behind the arc. So if he's a guy who early against, against you know, Winthrop, against Loyola, Maryland, against, you know, Delaware State in the latter half of the non-conference schedule, those types of teams, if he can, if he can get some confidence in his offensive game, I think that's a, a really important piece for Penn State this season. And I'm going to go with, I'll go Caleb Dorsey then in that case, just because I think Dorsey is maybe your starting five for at least the first half of the non-conference just until Keba gets caught up. I, I don't think that's unrealistic. He's six, seven, like he's a dude who's been out there on the court. You can get by without a, that bulky of a guy for your first little bit. And sure. again, as Fox sports Twitter would say, he's a walking bucket. So <laughs> he's a walking think, bucket. That's right. I, I think we have to kind of just, I, I'm going to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I'm not expecting a lot, but if he can go out there, hold his own, not have, again, Trent Buttrick and UMass drop like 100 on their heads, um, I will be more than content to watch him have a, have a continued role uh, as the season ramps up. And yeah. ramping up, it will. Penn State basketball is back this Tuesday. I'm sorry, Monday, pardon me, for their first mm-hmm. game of the year against Winthrop. Penn, Str- Penn State is coming into the year ranked 46th in Ken Palm, while Winthrop is ranked 162nd. They follow that up a few days later with facing off the Loyola Maryland Greyhounds, uh, a campus I have been to uh, and actually really like. Uh, So good for them. And Loyola Maryland is surprisingly not the highest ranked. Is this not right? Loyola on Ken Palm, when you type in Loyola Mary, all you get is Loyola (laughs) Marymount. So I imagine that Loyola Maryland probably cannot be that high up. Um, Regardless, these should be two pretty easy games for Penn State. Uh, Both have gotten the Big Ten Network Plus designation. Uh, So if you want to watch these games, you're probably going to have to fork (laughs) up like $10. I don't know how much it is. Uh, What is your expectation here? I'm assuming pretty, pretty impressive wins to start. Impressive, you know, whatever word you want. Pretty comfortable wins, we'll call them. Uh, And just what do you actually want to see this first week of the college basketball season out of Penn State? 
Yeah, I think they should be two pretty comfortable wins. I think Winthrop, they've been a contender in the Big South the last few the last few years, last four or five seasons. Um, been in the NCAA tournament a couple times, but but this season they've they've lost a couple guys. So I think they're projected to finish sixth in the Big South. Um, so they shouldn't be you know too big of a stern test for Penn State. But I think these early games are, are going to be a good you know barometer for for where what Penn State's going to look like this year. How does Shrewsbury line up? Is it is it small ball as you referenced? Is it do they go with Kebajai right off the bat? Does he get you know an opening night run, um, you know with a lot of minutes? So I I, I don't think either of these two games are going to be in danger of Penn State getting upset. But I think it's gonna it's going to be a really good testing ground for for kind of the style of team that we're going to see from the Nittany Lions you know moving forward. Yeah, I think this is just uh, let's get the training wheels off a little bit. I think is what these first two ones are going to be. I think it's going to be a Pretty sleepy environment. I am excited, though, to see the student section, uh, which I know has now gotten uh, swapped over across the BJC uh, Mm -hmm. and is now behind the opposing team's bench. So hopefully that means uh, we will not hear the constant screaming on telecasts of (laughs) that random person who happens to be sitting next to the mic. Uh, But Vincent, thank you so much for coming on and and talking Penn State hoops for about 40 minutes with us. Uh, I know we're going to make a plan to do this. About once a week, uh, maybe even a little bit more if things start rolling in the right direction. Uh, Vince, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, you can find me at Vince Longaro. Last name's L-U-N-G-A-R-O. You can find me on Twitter there. Um, yeah, be sure to follow me throughout the season. Um, I'm sure I'll have some 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 analysis and takes on Penn State basketball. At the very least, it should be an exciting season. You know, a top 30 recruiting class and all that. Um, guys like Jalen Pickett coming back. It should be an exciting season, a fun one. You know, ultimately, we probably don't expect Penn State to make the tournament, but that doesn't mean you can't have a fun season as we saw last year, you know, with their run in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, very true. And as always, you can find us on Twitter over at RLR blog. We'll be back later in the week. I believe Bill and the Bad Matt are going to be talking Indiana football here in a couple days. Uh, And yeah, be sure to leave us a five-star review on your podcast network of choice. Uh, Leave a comment. If you leave a comment in the YouTube section, odds are Nick will reply to it because I forget to most days. Uh, And as always, any questions you may have, if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, those get bumped to the front of the line. And now that we are in Penn State basketball mode, uh, if you're a sicko and want to learn more about the Penn State basketball team or listen more about the Penn State basketball team, we are back to talk about it. Uh, and again, thank you to our sponsor, Homefield Apparel. Again, that's 15% off your first order with promo code ROAR Lions Roar. For my co-host, Vincent Longaro, I'm Matt Filipovitz. Go State.